Hi folks, I'm Alan Watts and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on March the 15th, 2013. For newcomers, as always, look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. You'll see a, a bunch of the official sites listed there. These are all the sites I have. They all carry transcripts for prints up in English. The Lord Talks I've given. They all carry audios. And if you want transcripts in other languages, go into Alan Watts Sentient, sentinel.eu for transcripts in other languages. If you find sticking to, or maybe the comm site, try some of the other ones because lots of folk go into the comm at the same time every every night and you'll find easier downloads perhaps. And remember too that this this uh, broadcast, I don't call it a show because it's not a show, it's not a business either. It's just a, a way of explaining actually what's happening to the public who haven't studied their whole lives on what's been happening and who's behind it all, the big foundations, organizations that advise governments, in other words, tell them what to do. Uh, yeah, you take the, the basic truth is most people come in government are, have got very shady records, in fact. when They publish them every so often in Canada, all those that are running and who get in, bankruptcies galore in their past, um, charges for uh, credit card fraud even, and, and overbillings and all this kind of stuff and overcharging. Uh, their accounts many, many times. In other words, they're greedy people, and lots of them have no experience either in ruling other people. So they depend upon the bureaucrats that are in those positions, and they're appointed over a department to run their, their system for them. And so they, they, when they have no idea what to do about certain things, in come the think tanks that are privately organized, they're owned by the big banking boys who have front foundations. I'm talking about international bankers who've been at this for hundreds and hundreds of years. And so they advise them on what to do in various social policies and so on. That's how the way that the world really, really runs. Your politician is basically a front man, and uh, he acts like a little puppet. In fact, they're all pre-selected by these big foundations before you get to see them to vote for them. And they will go along with any agenda at all that they're told from their own masters, the guys who put them in. And that's not the voting public. And again, I'm not talking off my hat. And Professor Carol Quigley, who worked with the U.S. State Department for many years and advised to other foreign policy experts and so on, he was a guy who was a historian for the Council on Foreign Relations, which is an American branch of the Royal Institute of International Affairs, which again is a private organization. So I go through the history of this uh, with their big plans for the world, uh, the societal changes, the cultural changes, mass immigration changes, uh, and a, a unified world, basically a global society where uh, a new feudal system comes in, very authoritarian, and you are all taught now to accept it. Most of you have already accepted it already without even consciously reasoning your way through it. It's been done for you through others' opinions, experts' opinions for you. So help yourself to the website. Remember, two, you bring me to you, and I need you to just even tick along. Sometimes we don't even tick at all. This goes to a dead stop, like a cardiac arrest. 
uh, because uh, I got big expenses here. I don't sell any products except the books and discs, uh, my own ones at cuttingtruthmedias.com and occasional uh, small donation. So for those out there who want to keep me going, you can remember you can send a personal check from the U.S. to Canada yet. Uh, you can still use an international postal order from the post office in the U.S. to Canada. Uh, you can send cash or use PayPal across the world, Western Union MoneyGram and PayPal. And uh, remember, straight donations are awfully seriously welcome, especially when we've got so much trouble right now trying to get decent speed on some kind of system up here. I mean, if Canada understand there's no competition really. It's a monopoly of uh, of uh, internet and the airwaves and so on. So it's very very expensive, and I'm getting a lot of hassles from um, ExploreNet right now too. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back. We're cutting through the matrix and I've talked many times about this big system and people get awfully depressed, of course, because it's a nasty system and because most of the public are really out of the decision-making process of how life is supposed to go, where it's going and so on. Most people feel helpless. In fact, the ones that do think about it, uh, consciousness to the whys of it all, why uh, do you never get ahead in life? Why is uh, uh, we get a few bucks in the bank? They devalue your cash currency. They, they cause inflation. The prices go up anyway, and you never get ahead. Well, it's all by design, naturally, because you're living in a form, a system really uh, that was just a, that basically was decided a long, long time ago that. The, the, the big eugenicist boys, and it's a massive movement. Eugenics is thousands and thousands of years old in its history, you understand. And some groups have practiced it uh, right down up to the present time, from thousands of years ago. And some of them claim that's why they are superior. Some groups certainly think they are to superior today. And they tend to inbreed a lot, you know, and for certain traits. They call that positive eugenics. Negative eugenics is where uh, they tried in the early 1900s and late 1800s too, starting in the U.S. and actually Britain was doing it long before that. But uh, to kill off and or sterilize those that they deemed unfit, the ones who didn't get people of high IQ, uh, and they believed there were far too many of the working class then uh, with, with low IQs and so on. So that's called negative uh, eugenics. They would make laws to make it very hard for them to have children. Part of it, too, is to make sure there's a, a certain um, base income you need to even support yourself and the family on top of that. And most folk couldn't hardly even afford themselves during the Industrial Revolution. But, however, when they needed more folk for wars, they would make the, their currency worth more and encourage them to breed for long-term wars and send them off to, to win for the empire, which meant private corporations. They would get more resources from any, any defeated enemy. And it also kill off lots of the unwanted. So they put them to good use, they said, in their own books. And that's true today. It has never changed. They're still going on. They tend to change their names, of course, with bioethicists now who are self-appointed. And they used to have eugenics courses at university. Now it's called bioethics courses. And these guys come out believing in moral relativity. That's what they're taught. And they really are the ones who are now placed, these self-placed experts above us, 
uh, are speaking on our behalf, supposedly. Uh, because they know what's better for us all, since we're all dumb and stupid at the bottom, and they can decide how far to push the envelope for the next step, the next step, and the next step of practicing eugenics on the populations, including covert sterilization, etc. Now, covert sterilization is nothing new. So the ancients, Plato brought it up. He, he said that they should really have a sort of lotto, a kind of lotto, what we would call today a lotto. And, and what they'd do is um, mark up everybody's status in the system that he lived in in his day and the, their offspring, how well they could accumulate money and, and do business and transactions, things like that. And they could be encouraged to breed and mate up with uh, similar tribes, just like it's going on today, and even so within certain groups still today. And at the same time, they should um, covertly sterilize the ones who were unfit or the, the lower end of the strata. So this this was a philosopher that came all the way up into Charles Darwin's day. And Charles Darwin, of course, uh, and they don't go into this very much, his family and many other of these strange little families were were introduced. They're, they're, they're very important families because uh, they were made famous because they already were stinking rich, very, very rich people. And um, they may have come from outside Britain initially, in fact. And the, it doesn't matter about the fact that they could become Christian. That was a cover for a lot of things in any country that you wanted to go into from outside. And they also uh, tend to marry the, their, their immediate relatives. Uh, Charles Darwin, for instance, all his family always married into the Wedgwood family for generations. His father, too, and grandfather, the Wedgwood, the big, powerful Wedgwood family. The Wedgwood family is still going today. And... Um, uh, under the Ben family, Wedgwood Ben, in politics. He was in it forever, now his daughter's in it now. And they always, strangely enough, come out under this uh, left-wing type system. Because under the left-wing you'll find there's actually more totalitarian agendas and socialist totalitarian agendas under them than, than there is with any right-wing. True right-wing actually has very little laws to do with anything. It's, it's the least government possible. And of course that's all been forgotten today. So, Eugenics is very, very, very old, as they say, and there's many ways to, to, to talk about it and, and how they implemented it, etc. A long, long history. And in England, too, Malthus, of course, got a big name for, for introducing a form of eugenics, or improving upon it, I should say, in Britain, and advised that the, the, the councils and the towns should settle uh, the excess populations in swampy areas where it was damp, unhygienic, cramp them together, and and uh, hope they would die off quicker, basically. Uh, they also weren't responsible for bringing up the poor houses, they called them, where anyone who who got sick at work, or maybe her husband would die as a minor or whatever, they'd put the wives and children into the poor house. In other words, they were bad stock. The husband had died. They didn't have money to fall back on. That was, that was the basic um, proof that they were inferior. They had no money and, uh, and no bank account left. And they would put them in the poor house, work them to death. That was acceptable then. And everybody knew about it, what it was really, really for. But it never changes. Today, of course, they simply put stuff in your food. Actually, Plato talked about covert sterilization. He said because the public probably wouldn't like it very much if we asked them to do it. So you understand big things that are done are never, are never told to the public at first at all. And uh, even today it goes on. That's why you can get so many articles. I've, I've got lots in the archives at cuttingthroughmedias.com of articles I've read over the past to do with eugenics 
and depopulation, sterilization, and infertility in males especially. All the causes that are known, have always been known to cause infertility in males and the very products that they discovered in the late 1800s, uh, they actually put into their foodstuffs and uh, water too, soft drinks, that kind of stuff to sterilize the men. They know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. This is all, again, uh, a form of negative eugenics because the, the elites are told not to drink these kind of things or eat these kind of things too. You know, they don't eat what you eat either. And now, of course, they're doing it all in your food supply. Big, big, big time. The elite, once again, don't eat what you eat. Why do you think guys like Tony Blair, when he, he demanded that Britain uh, and the British start eating the GM food, pesticide-soaked uh, GM food, uh, you can't get it out because it's the, this very, the very fact it's modified these seeds can withstand far, far greater and worse kinds of insecticides. And they soak it into all the cells, of course, naturally, through the soil. Uh, and it's every cell throughout the vegetable, but you're eating that stuff. And they know it causes cancer. They've done all the tests from the beginning. But uh, Tony Blair at the same time said that there would be exceptions. One of the first exceptions they made was their own, for their own big massive, they call it a cafeteria in Parliament for the parliamentarians. They didn't want them eating the stuff or his family or anybody. So they have special food for them. That's how it really is, folks. It really is. And after all, if it was so safe and so good for the British public, why, why would he make these exemptions for himself in his own particular class? But so again, the general public are trained that this wouldn't be on the shelves if it was harmful to us. They're taught to trust. They believe that there's organizations up there uh, passing and stamping things on their behalf, approved to eat, etc., for humans, for human consumption. It must be all right. It's like the cell phones too must be okay because it's been approved by this company or that organization from the government, even though they know what it causes in the brain. Cluster tumors are just booming and all started really with the cell phone use. It's just getting absolutely crazy out there. Massive statistics in all countries. But um, again, uh, they don't want you to really think about it. They want you just to go ahead and use it. So anyway... There's many ways to kill off the people. Wars are one big thing. Charles Galton, Darwin, descendant of uh, Darwin, talked about it too. In the next million years, he talked about ways to sterilize the men, the men, make them more effeminate so they wouldn't uh, uh, argue about bringing in this new authoritarian-type world society. It was to be a world global society. And he was a member of the Royal Society. He was a physicist himself, and he also was a eugenicist too. And uh, he said we can, we can actually add hormones to the water or the food, uh, female hormones, and and type of injections too, vaccinations, which are basically will eradicate the aggressive type male. So he wouldn't stand up and become aggressive at times that he should stand up to be aggressive. There are times when you have to be aggressive if your life is threatened, for instance. Or even just to demand your rights as a form of aggression. And uh, so now you have a very passive male population today. And, of course, the effects, too, when there's excess various hormones, he knew it would attack the, the, the women as well. And, um, as I say, you can see the effects all around you. We're being bioengineered, and the effects are very obvious, very, very obvious indeed. There's no mystery at the top levels, no mystery at all. So, anyway, here's one way to do it, too. Uh, of course, it's just creating more poverty, uh, inflating the cost of basic essentials like fuel for heating yourself in winter. Basic, understand your basic rights are supposed to be uh, food, shelter, clothing, 
and heating. Everything you need to live. Food, water, shelter, clothing. The big corporations are already in charge of the world's food supply. Only a few of them are. The whole world's food supply. Uh, They're in charge now of all their fuel, if you're using oil and gas and everything else. And the big corporations, too, are going after all the water supplies of the world. They're going after everything that you need and everyone needs to live on. So naturally, those who can't afford it as all these things go up uh, are going to die first. And that's, that's the agenda, of course. Now, it says winter weather has killed a million Britons since the 1980s and will kill a million more by 2050. And it says age support groups and doctors blame poor housing, again Malthusian, high energy bills and pensioner poverty. But that's okay, you see. It's okay. So we all have to suffer when we're going through austerity. So the, the unfit die first. I mean, they're unfit, they're broke, right? Must be unfit. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix, talking about the system, the hard facts of it. It's not pleasant at all, naturally, but it's, uh, it's very deliberate, it's everything that's happening in the world. It's always, you understand, those who are in control of the world have been in control of the world for a long, long time. And they don't sort of bungle along and try, well, we'll try this and see what happens. I mean, they know long in advance what they're going to do, what and the things that they want to try have been tried always long, long before. They don't make mistakes at the top. You don't employ massive experts, ran corporations, all top think tanks to do studies on things. And plus you have extra data which you never release to the public and, 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 and make mistakes. It doesn't happen in any way at all. But anyway, getting back to this eugenics and so on, and, and they're killing Britons, of course, because now Britain's been flooded and they're really pushing eugenics and all the rest of it as well. And, uh, and, and they want younger, fitter people there. Uh, they don't want the elderly. I've also, I'll put it up tonight, in fact, uh, a link, a couple of links I mentioned a couple of days ago to do with the same thing happening in the States, but rationing health care for, for people in the States, which ties in with this as well, because this goes on to say many are killed by the cold or elderly, but the ill, the vulnerable, and the very young also die. That's straight off of, of eugenics, naturally. And it says a total of 973,000 people die in duty winter weather from 82 to 80, uh, 83 to 2012, it says. The Office of National Statistics for England and Wales show that's just for England and Wales. It says pensioner organizations warned the current colder than average weather because of global warming, you know, will kill more than 26,000 people by the end of March as Britain's winter's death toll reaches a million in just 30 years. It's actually more than that. The death toll since 8283 covers the period of the government's Keep Warm, Keep Well Winter Health campaign. They did awful well. So everything's double-speak, you understand, as they cut back. And actually give them fuel allowances in Britain to heat yourself. And you have to pay for it, of course, as well. You know, everything, everything you get has to be paid for in some other way. You know. It says, uh, launched after average winter deaths in the early 80s, soared to 42,000 uh, per, per winter. It says ONS data shows another million Brits will be kept by, killed by winters by 2050. Actually, it was a skyrocket way beyond that to the present to cutbacks in fuel allowances and all that. See, they're rationing it for the, for the, for the people at the bottom. This is based on the average of 27,400 cold weather deaths per winter in the last five years. So they're, they're averaging 27,400 
in their houses. These are people living on the streets. These are folk that they, they deem, ah, well, that they're write-offs, you know, they're pensioners, they're past their working age. They're actually using the money that they paid it in for the pensions, which the government put in the big casinos, made lots of cash off. They're getting back their little pittances, and the government needs that money. So it's a good way to kill them off, you see. And the government's got, they've got all their cash. Doctors say cold weather causes higher blood pressure, tightened airways, and reduced body temperature. I'm glad they've got, I've got, I'm glad they've got experts to tell us that it reduces body temperature. It's not good. Increasing deaths from heart attacks, strokes, and respiratory illnesses, and worsening asthma and bronchitis. Well, these folk also, of course, are on bad nutrition because if they can't afford their heating bills, they're getting the worst crappy food you can possibly imagine. You can't really call it even substance food. The National Pensioners Convention called winter death rates a national scandal. Well, they always do that. We've always got groups that stand up and say, oh, this is an outrage, but nothing ever happens, does it? See, it stops us from doing anything ourselves and getting outraged about it. Well, they'll, they'll shout outrage for us. They all work that way, you see. Uh, blaming the politicians for not doing enough to tackle high bills and low pensioner incomes. It says, Age UK says tens of thousands will die every winter unless the government takes major investments in domestic energy efficiency. And, and then they blame ho- poor home insulation. It contributes to Britain having a worse winter death rate than almost every country in Europe. Uh, the University of College Dublin expert John Healy said, well, you see, Britain's, <laughs> the British public were the first public to be, to go under this eugenics policy. They've been at it since the 1700s fairly openly. And they threw up the worst crappy buildings in Britain. Uh, they didn't put insulation in them. And then had lots of council housing. They didn't have uh, insulated attics. The people were kept on pretty well fixed incomes, even if you worked full time, because they had, they had the, the rates so rigged for every uh, even trades and so on. You, you didn't get a lot of cash. They really literally worked out how much a man, a woman, and a, children, a couple of children would need to live on. And they worked it out pretty precisely. You didn't have all these extras, etc. So you lived in these, these, these and this, these buildings are still used today, you see. Now, of course, the government will match you supposedly with so much cash if you insulate your place, but most folk can't afford to, to, to do all the rest of the insulation themselves. It's something multi-thousands of dollars, pounds, actually. Anyway, Britain's death rate leaps 18% winter, almost double the 10% increase in freezing Finland, where home insulation is better. 5,000 people die every winter as they face paying more than 10% of their income on energy bills, the Government Fuel Poverty Review Chief Professor John Hills said. Department of Health Chief Medical Officer Professor Dame Sally Davis wrote in a Health Protection Agency's cold weather report, mortality rises 19% in winter months in England. But we've got lots of folk telling it. I mean, what are you going to do about it? Since these are not people who have died uh, anyhow at the time, very severe weather can substantially add to this death toll. Again, this repeat, multi experts keep repeating each other, you know. And um, it's a national scandal and all the usual stuff. But they've said that every year. It's not going to change. I understand they've said it, made it quite open today in this day and age. And they've said the United Nations too, that a good global citizen is a producer and a consumer. When you're a pensioner, you become a consumer, you understand. And government and the economists and so on also believe that yeah, now you're taking from your own cash, actually, you paid in for pensions, which the government has invested many times over and taken the, the lion's share. You're taking that. They want it all, you see. I mean, why should you stay alive? You've, you've had a good life. You've worked your fingers to the bone, for goodness sake. Back with more after this break. 
You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I am back, cutting through the matrix. And as, as I said the other day, or a couple of days ago, I mentioned the ties in with us too, that, uh, uh, again, experts in the U.S., uh, special ones that I should have, I think, inbreed themselves, these guys uh, are definitely for positive eugenics. They have come up and advised the U.S. government to to get involved and get priority health care with to certain people, not for others as well, you see. And just at the same time, bingo, it comes out in Britain as well, it says people with healthy lifestyles should get priority national health service care, says the think tank. The same one, of course, that helped work, I'm sure, with the ones in the U.S. It's Demos. Demos is one of the biggest front organization foundations that uh, has always been classified as, as left wing because it seems to push all the communistic one, one world idea uh, system. But uh, sometimes they play at right-wing politics too, but they're always really far, far left. But they're, they're all multi-millionaire far-lefters. You've got to understand, the ones who run the far left are, are multi-billionaires, actually. You're surprised how many multi-billionaires back to um, Lenin and Stalin and right through the communist era. It wasn't what you think it is. never is, folks. But anyway, Demos wants people to who exercise and eat well to get priority medical treatment. Now, who are they? They're a th- private think tank, right? Again, your governments are run by think tanks that are that belong to foundations that are privately owned by philanthropic guys like Bill Gates, you see, and Rockefeller, Ford, Carnegie. Uh, 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 there's a whole bunch of them. There's hundreds of these big boys at the top. Some of them are just front foundations to funnel more money to other NGOs and other foundations. Incredible, incredibly well organized. It's a parallel government, you see. And it says health insurance providers like Pru Health already offer incentives to, their, to customers to encourage them to exercise and eat well. Now, number one, most folk at the bottom end can't afford the kind of insurance to, to get Pru Health to start with. And they can't afford to eat well. In fact, in Canada, the price of meat here is, is out of sight for most folk, even in Sudbury. I mean, real real beef and things like that, out of sight. So naturally, the people buy the rubbish that's advertised on TV, the packaged stuff, and, and it's full of chemicals, etc. Actually, it's really the waste disposable areas for, for dumping chemicals from waste into food. They call it food now for, for the ordinary folk. That's what it is. Processed food is that. It's junk. I mean, they even put plastics in the melamine and melamine and call it food. They've managed to get some some uh, big wigs uh, scientists at the top in the CDC in America to call it a protein because it looked kind of like one, but it's not. It's a plastic. They even put it in baby's food. But that doesn't matter. You see, again, it's practicing negative eugenics on the population. It says, now think tank Demas has released a report suggesting that patients who try and lower their medical risk through healthy living should be rewarded. Again, the punishment reward, you see, with priority, like animals, Pavlovia, National Health Service Hospital Treatment. It could include bumping professional people to the top of a queue when booking a GP appointment for a non-emergency matter. Well, they already do that. You run in a class system. It's always been, even when it's a communist system, it's still a class system. And um, according to your status in society, you're bumped up to the top of the queue over all the, the rest of the people. You know, the plebs at the bottom. 
you want to get in hospital. And that's for a non-emergency matter. It also recommends that people who claim benefits and go to the, the gym on a regular basis should receive extra payments. Well, most folk can't, can't afford gyms. They can't, they can't do it. They just can't do it. Yeah. Report authors acknowledge that, so they can't afford to eat properly and they can't afford to go to the gyms. Again, that shows you that you're, you're part of the, the, the weeds at the bottom that should simply just die off, you see. That's, this is eugenics. It's, it's uh, bioethics, they call it now, of course. But it sounds better, doesn't it? Report authors acknowledge that the proposals are controversial, but believe that people who take positive steps towards their health should be rewarded rather than penalizing those who are lazy. Or oh, So you can't afford to, then you're lazy, you see. So there you go, you see. Isn't that wonderful? The report's author, uh, Max Wind Cowie, said, Obesity, type 2 diabetes, smoking, and the overconsumption of alcohol are things which cost the NHS, which is a pooled resource we all share. Huge amounts of money, as well as actually making people's lives unhappy and reducing their life living standards. Well, the obesity today is out of sight. I mentioned the other day they're pumping lots of money in to find it while so many lesbians are actually fat. I mean, but again, too, you've got all, you've got it all through society. And what do you've got here? Again, it's a massive increase in the xenoestrogens. That's the artificial estrogens they put into all kinds of foods and in your bottled water and all the rest of it. It's everywhere. It's even a lot of folks drinking water. They know what's causing it. They also know too since they switched over to, to all these, these, these GMO, um, vegetable product oils that you're, you're taught it's much better for you. Your body can absorb it like fat, but it doesn't want to break it down again. Because it's not natural fat, you see. See, when you were a caveman, you didn't have that stuff. You ate fat. Fat's fat, and that's how your body's designed. You can burn it off. Anyway, see, so we're arguing that people who take the option of sharing their Tesco club card information, their gym information with their doctor, it's up to them whether they want to share it or not, and then allow their doctor to monitor that. We would empower doctors to reward people in a variety of ways. So now doctors are going to get payoffs, you see. Now, it's National Health Service that everybody pays for, from your taxes and so on, insurance. It's taking off your paycheck. So private, this private organization again, you see, you know, people at the top, I think that they should run it and, and tell doctors who are going to treat you that you're paying for through all your taxes and your insurance, how to treat you or not treat you. And it says, they always give you the opposite. However, critics say, every so, 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 uh, you know, anonymous here, critics say that this is not the best way to tackle the situation. And it says, um, and then you're going to get proactive investment in prevention, public campaigns in health literacy can, can deliver change more constructively than punitive uh, sanctions. Now, the fact is, most folk today are going into a world, a future of unemployment. When Margaret Thatcher got in, she says, a whole, this is, she broadcast this on live television. She said, a whole generation is growing up who will never see work in their lifetime. Now, the British folk didn't know about the, the ultimate total integration with a European Union under a European Parliament. So Britain would become a little provincial government, which it has. They didn't know that all their factories had been signed off at the end of World War II to get moved out gradually, speeding up in the 70s, out of the country to other cheap sources of labour like China. And they'd pay for it all too. Your tax money paid for them to move. They had no idea of this stuff. They had no idea there was going to be no future. But she knew that. They all knew that. All the party members knew it. Because all work is the same together. And that's what she said. They'll never see work in their, in their lifetime. Get used to it, she says. I, was awfully, awfully, I mean, you wonder why folk turn to drink, you know. 
Why do you think drink is so, it's always so abundant? And George Orwell knew this too. In his, his book 1984, and the movies that are out there too, he, he, there's no problem getting booze. You got this rotten artificial food. He knew that was coming too in the 19, in the 1940s. He knew this. He knew it back in the 1930s because he worked and knew very, very well, uh, Huxley that did Brave New World in the 1930s. He knew eventually they'd get the plebes at the bottom eating this almost like food stuff, but it wasn't food at all. That's what you're eating now yourselves. And you don't know it. And it says, if you want to be rewarded for living a healthy life, so look for a medical insurance policy with a reward scheme for people who exercise and eat well, you see. And, of course, if you go into silly things like that, then you're just agreeing to get monitored down the road. Obviously, they want to monitor you to see if you are eating well. And, and, and well, how are you going to do it unless you start rustling cattle or something? You know? How are you going to do it? And by the way, a lot of folk in Britain already are rustling cattle and, and, and sheep. I'm not kidding you, look them up. And that's how it's, it's designed to go, is, is the, you know, the unwanted types, so that the lesser types should just die off under the, you know, negative eugenics. And, and then the better kind can, can go into positive eugenics and procreate, you see. And I'm not kidding. It's not pleasant, but it's factual, folks. It's disgusting universities. <laughs> and this one here too. It's to do with DNA itself. I mean, there's a lot of baloney about DNA. And if you understand uh, the 1600s, for instance, 1700s, there was a big push uh, as the many of the, the people who were more ruthless got clo- higher up into the middle classes to run their big factory businesses during the, the Industrial Revolution in places like Britain. Uh, and they would hire uh, characters to go through their genealogies trying to prove associations and get a coat of arms that they could hang above their mantelpiece to impress people and, and to prove they were related to this guy or that guy or some, some, somebody, whatever. And, and it really was fudged. Big, big fudging going on. All, it's still going on all the, all the time. Because within the people there's a lot of snob value too. A snob appeal works awfully well to folk, you see. And again, it ties in with eugenics because folk believe, oh, there's got to be an intelligence gene there somewhere or why would I get up from the, the lower ranks up to where I am now? Which may be because you're a psychopath. I mean, it could be that, couldn't it? But it says DNA ancestry services are akin to genetic astrology. And it says scientists have described some services provided by companies that claim to trace ancestry using DNA as akin to astrology. Some test findings tell people that they have links to groups such as Vikings, to particular migrations of people, and sometimes to famous figures such as Napoleon or Cleopatra. For researchers working with a campaign group say DNA tests cannot provide accurate information about ancestry. Ancestry companies insist they're able to provide a valuable service. Of course they are for money, yeah, they'll tell you anything. And one of the quotes that they actually made is almost every Briton is a descendant of Viking hordes, Roman legions, African migrants, Indian Brahmins, or anyone else they fancy. End of quote. That was Professor Steve Jones, University College London. So an increasing number of companies are offering to profile a genetic history of individuals based on a DNA sample for around £200. But in a public guide published by Sense About Science, Professor David Balding, Professor Mark Thomas of University College London warn that such histories are either so general as to be personally meaningless or they are just speculation from thin evidence. The scientists say that genetic profiles cannot provide accurate information about an individual's ancestry. 
They say the genetic ancestry business uses a phenomenon well known in other areas such as horoscopes, where general information is interpreted as being more personal than it really is. And it's got uncritical coverage. They also highlighted uncritical media coverage of the issue. Professor Balding says that news items about famous people being related to historical figures often come from PR material, public relations material, propaganda, provided by genetic testing companies. This put him right in the paper to give us handouts. And Thomas says that the idea that we can read our ancestry directly from our genes is absurd. DNA scientists say DNA analysis can say very little about an individual's ancestry. So it says this is business and that business is genetic astrology. BBC News contacted five companies offering DNA ancestry services, received a response from the DNA Worldwide Group. The director, David Nicholson, told BBC News that all firms should not be tarred with the same brush. Some such as this, his, his argued, provide credible and legitimate services. Says with advanced testing, you can provide a general ancestry indication, that is, Northern European, West African, or Middle Eastern, and in some cases even more specific, said Mr. Nicholson. DNA cannot tell that your ancestors were Vikings, simply that your ancestry came from a part of the world common to the Vikings based on historical facts. However, mind you, it'll be mixed in with so many other genes of other folks too along the way, they can't say what came first or anything else. So there's a lot of hogwash to do with that, but there's a snob appeal that people have, you know, as they're trying to get up and, and be admired. And I've, I've met folk too who are really into to, to horoscopes and, and um, past life experiences. Big business that was for a while. I've met five or, no, seven Cleopatras. Each one of us, I said to them, geez, it must be awfully crowded in there. All these souls crowded in the one body, you know, must be awfully crowded. Anyway. Now, the thing is, too, I've always mentioned that whatever technology is handed out to the people at the bottom is actually obsolete at the top. Because there's three levels of reality here, you see, and everything, including medicine, too. And it's not taught from professor level downwards, because oh, that's they're, they're taught at the bottom level. But anyway, they're giving you out something that's, that's supposed to be brand new. Eh? Samsung Galaxy S4. It's a real iPhone. It says it's an eye-tracking smartphone unveiled. And it says um, the Galaxy 4 falls on from last year's S3, a product that sold over 40 million units and so on. Anyway, the thing actually, amongst all its other programs, can actually, it follows your eyes as you're watching it and transmits data back, you see. And if you're watching a movie, even, and you look away for a certain amount of time, and notice that you've looked away, and it'll switch us off. When you look back, it'll switch itself back on again. This kind of stuff. So this is this is old, old technology that's it's getting out to you at the bottom is the latest, obviously. And um, the thing itself is, of course, is really a, a handout to the BBC uh, from a company telling you how wonderful it is. But there you go. Uh, you can imagine the kind of technology they really have watching you all over the place that you don't know about. And again, too, I've mentioned before that how you're trained is by repetition to reinforce things that you don't consciously reason through for yourselves. We've been taught since 9-11, there's no privacy, you don't deserve privacy, you don't need privacy, and you're kind of helpless, and that's the way it is, and accept it. And the government's good, and all people, the government and people, government people have halos around their heads, that's why they're good, and that's why they are up there. And, and it's, there's no problem letting them have all your data and spy on you and all the rest of it. That's how, how simple it is for simple people. It truly is. And they're always telling you 
that they're watching you and, and everything you're, you're doing, uh, uh, tweeting, talking, whatever you do, is kept forever by them and, and analyzed constantly and updated into, you know, avatars of you. Even the Pentagon admits that. They update it all the time and do little games on you, how you'd react in situations, because they know you so well, thanks to you putting all your data out there every day. So here's an example. The FBI is secretly spying on Google users, the company reveals. Now, why they're telling us this? Like, we don't know this already. No, this is to reinforce the idea. This is how you're trained, folks. It's just to reinforce the facts and reinforce it and reinforce it. That, that And you accept it, you see. And you think it's normal then. Because you've never reasoned it through for yourself. You've been trained Pavlovian style. And you don't even know it. So I'll skip the rest of it. And just put the headline up tonight, the link up at cuttingthroughthemedias.com. And also, Germany's green energy disaster is a cautionary tale for the world leaders. And that's from Forbes, I'll put that one up too. And how, you know, never mind the billions thrown into the, this nonsense. But uh, it's quite fascinating to see the craziness of it all. Because it's really corporate welfare, isn't it, for the big boys? I can imagine governments are, are, oh, I'll give you billions if you try that. So you get in a little scribble drawing or something. I don't know if it will work, and they'll throw money at you. And so you, you do a few more scribble drawings you call plans, and then you declare bankruptcy where you pocket all the money, and you've, you, there you go. You can now invest in something big, you know. It's all con. It's all con, folks. Well, it's all your tax money, you know. That's where money comes from. You don't work for a living these days. You've got to get up there at the top and jump into one of the government schemes. And this article, too, is from the Telegraph. It says, when will this green madness cease? When is a bird not a bird? When is one of the millions of avian species splattered, decapitated, clunked, winged, brained, or otherwise condemned to death by wind turbines? It shows his photographs with all these millions of birds getting shredded. <laughs> Back with more after this. By the way, the leftists say nothing. Hi folks, I'm back cutting through the matrix and talking about the birds getting slaughtered. Now, I'll put up again tonight links to do with uh, the, the American Agricultural Society Agency and uh, also the British ones too. They're all killing off songbirds by the millions. This is a, a, an operation to kill off them all because they're eating seeds from the big, the, big, the big corporate farms now, you see, when they plant. And so it's been deemed it's okay to poison them all. That's why you're seeing less and less birds, apart from the, the heavy spraying you're getting all the time too. But um, isn't it weird that all the greenies and all that, and all the big protest groups are demanding uh, eating pizza and etc. Where do they all go when this, this kind of thing happens? They're just silent. You see, they're all controlled. They're told what to, to attack when to be quiet. Everything's controlled. And it says here, when is a bird not a bird? This is by Dellingpole. It says, mysteriously in the eyes of environmentalists and bird conservation bodies such as Audubon Society and the RSPB, all those deaths, no matter how rare the species involved, are acceptable collateral damage in the great war to save the world from the unproven threat of man-made global warming. If you want more details of dishonesty and hypocrisy, it says, read this, it says. Isn't it funny, though, that, and it's from them, by the way, you, you actually, the link will take you to these organizations that say, it's okay, it's acceptable to kill off all the birds. Isn't it funny, though, how this bird-killing dispensation only seems to apply to those modes of energy generation approved by green activists? Consider this report from the Times explaining why the development of Britain's spectacular shale gas reserves is, providing, is proving so painfully slow. 
Since migrating birds have halted Britain's embryonic shale gas expansion in its tracks, the company backed by Lord Brown, the former BP boss, as British Petroleum, admitted yesterday that it must be delayed uh, resuming fracking near Blackpool until next year because it's off rules protecting thousands of birds wintering in the surrounding picturesque uh, filed peninsula. Cudrilla uh, Resources triggered dozens of earth tremors in Lancashire two years ago when it first became the company to frack in the UK, resulting in a government ban. It was lifted December and the company planned to begin fracking again in August this year for the presence of birds, including bar-tailed godwits, godwits it's called, swans and so on, meant it must delay again. It's not just in Britain where these double standards apply. In the US, when a fossil fuel company is responsible for bird deaths, it faces near certain prosecution, but when it's a wind energy company doing the killing, it gets a free pass, as this excellent Energy Tribune article notes. I'll put that link up too, if you've if you got the stomach to watch the birds getting slaughtered. By exempting the wind industry from prosecution under the Migratory Bird Treaty Act and or the Eagle Protection Act, the federal government is providing indirect subsidies to the sector. Other energy companies have been required to pay hefty fines and perform mitigation work to reduce the risk that their facilities pose to birds. And it says here, uh, it says, um, and yet despite numerous cases of bird deaths at wind energy projects, the industry has not been prosecuted a single time by federal authorities. Strange how they can, it's okay to slaughter them by, by slicing them to death with these big swords that swirl around on these big towers. But any other way is bad. Mind you too, uh, they, see these, these NGOs, etc., are funded by the big foundations. And the big foundations are owned by international bankers who are all into government grabs for free handouts, of course, billions like, for, you know, new, new energy projects. See? Free energy, they call it, etc. And they also give grants, you see, to the NGOs. Actually, they fund the NGOs. See, it all works together. So they won't, they won't attack these, these slashing, you know, these things that shred birds to pieces. It's okay to do that. Everything is fixed and rigged in the system. Everything. Uh, I said, I always give you your leaders to follow. Whatever your, whatever your, your, your persuasion is and what you want to protest against or, or you're for, they already have it tailor-made for you. There's a group out there for you to join. It's all controlled. They always give you your leaders, folks. Sad but true. From Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night, may your God or your gods go with you.